Good evening. How's everybody doing? Great. Awesome. Chrissy's great. We're happy about that. So um, welcome to tonight. We had an awesome uh, time this morning. Uh, it's been a while since I've been to the morning service, and it has really uh, grown. It's really cool to see that uh, that that time slots meeting some people's needs, and um, a lot of people are coming to that. So that's been awesome. Um, so who knows what landmark City Beautiful Church is celebrating this year? Five years. Five years. Anybody know that? All right. Streamers, applause. That's awesome. So. Yeah, so five years, and what we thought, um, we are the elders, and Anne, Paul's wife, would be up here as well, but um, we talked about getting together and just literally taking some time to talk to you, and a little bit later in the service, we actually want to hear from you as well, so, um, but what we really want to do is, is introduce ourselves to those of you who don't know us and reintroduce ourselves to those who do, and then we kind of had sort of a three-part uh, message tonight, and that was, number one, we wanted to share with you a little bit about the history of City Beautiful Church, where it came from. Um, a lot of you may not know that. I actually learned a few things this morning hearing Paul talk about that. And then Landon's going to talk to us a little bit about the essence of sort of where we are today. And then Annie and I want to share with you some specific things that are kind of exciting, some things that are happening in our church, a couple things that were launched this summer and things like that. So, um, after that is when we want to open it up a uh, uh, time for you guys to be able to ask us some questions. Maybe something that you've heard even tonight that you'd like to ask a question about. Maybe there's been something brewing in you that you just want to ask. Um, I hope you feel comfortable. Uh, we want this to be a very comfortable setting uh, that you can just ask anything you want. Um, and all the hard questions would go to Paul, and I'll take anything easy. Right? And yeah, the morning service, by the way, had some really good questions. So if, it, if you have competitiveness in your spirit, you really want to be thinking up the good questions so you can do better than the morning. So yes, they were awesome. So after we do the questions, then we'll just um, uh, go into a, t a time of community prayer and we'll have a, a couple prayer prompts for that. So um, Annie, you want to start us off with our introductions? Okay. So I'm Annie Singleton. This is my husband, Greg. Um, we've been elders for about a year now, and we have five kids. We have Valley at 22, Jackson at 19, Sophia is 17, Will Preston is 14, and Mia is 7. That's the lineup. So that is our family, and next. Oh, well, <laughs> that is our family. She did great on the ages, because they keep changing every year, so it's hard to <laughs> keep track of that. That's why Annie did that part, but... Um, I want, one thing I wanted to share real quick, um, I remember the first time that we came to City Beautiful Church. Um, it was about four and a half years ago, so they really hadn't been established for that long, um, and they were meeting in the History Center downtown. And I remember pulling up to that corner, and I dropped Annie and the kids off, and I went to park somewhere, and I wasn't really sure where to go, but ended up probably farther than I needed to be. And I remember walking through what I think is called Wall Street, which is a pretty happening place, I think. I think it's the only time I'd actually been there, but I almost wanted to stay. I mean, it was like a good party going on. People were yelling back and forth and a lot of lights and it was a lot of fun. But I decided to go to church because my family was there and uh, I needed to take them home. So I did go to church and it was really cool because I went in, went up the elevator, went through those two doors 
and it felt like Wall Street there. Just that there was an atmosphere. Um, it's kind of dark. I wasn't used to going to church where it was kind of dark, but uh, I walked in on worship, and there was just a great message that night, and, and it was like that was something that really drew Annie and I to the church is that there's a, a conscious effort to create an atmosphere for worship and for hearing the word of God. And so that was just kind of a, a cool thing that Annie and I were talking about that we remembered. Got my own. This is ours. Uh, my name is Landon. For those of you who do not know me, I am originally from the great nation of Texas. Um, I moved here six years ago to go to Full Sail, where I studied audio engineering. And my plan at the time was to come, get a degree, and then go to one of the famous music audio towns like Nashville or LA or wherever else. And uh, that obviously did not happen. I am here. Uh, I work now at Disney as an Imagineer, which is just a fancy word for a person who does creative things. Um, I met my wife here and stuck around, but when I was first preparing to move here from Texas, a uh, little backstory, if you're familiar with the organization called Youth with a Mission, um, it's an international youth missions agency, and my parents were on staff with them for 25 years. And so I grew up on a YWAM campus, Youth with a Mission campus in Texas, and consider myself very, very lucky for the childhood that I had. Um, just constantly surrounded by really healthy community, a very healthy family, um, and really grew up in a place that was very safe, very nurturing. And so I, from a very young age, knew the value of strong community. And so my big prayer before moving away from home, I have four siblings, and I was the first and so far only one to move away from Texas and my biggest prayer was that I would find a community like that because I knew how important that was going to be for just my own health and happiness and the very first week that I was here I had some friends that I had known from Texas that were here and they said oh you should check out this church it's called Status I think you'll really like it and a friend of mine and I came to status and just clicked instantly. And I hadn't expected it would be so easy. Just showed up, very first church I went to. I was like, great, that'll, perfect, I'll go there. Um, I met Cole the very first week I was here. And uh, him and a few others were, they had a table at this little kind of like community event that my school was doing where local businesses and things would come and tell you, oh, we're over in the corner and so-and-so, here's a, coupon for a free smoothie, whatever. And I met Cole, and we became fast friends, and I remember driving away from Status the first time we um, we attended, and I turned to my friend that I was with, and I said, I don't know why, but I just have this feeling that I'm going to do worship at this church. And I just felt this, like, draw. There's just, it's like, I don't know. There's You just can tell, you know, when you, you find the thing that clicks. And so I, like I said, became fast friends with Cole and slowly became more and more involved with worship here at the church. And it's been really, really amazing to see kind of how we've transitioned from where we were at the time. Because when I came in six years ago, we were basically just kind of preparing to launch out into what is now known as City Beautiful Church. And 
Paul will tell you a little bit about that after he introduces himself. Thank you, thank you. Um, I'm sorry, guys, I got to say something first. I'm really distracted because I just laid eyes on Mark and Shannon for the first time since their marriage, since their wedding. Hello. So I had to, I had to get that out of the way because I'm so happy to see them. Hi. Um, so I'm Paul Alexander. Um, I'm trying to figure out whether my arm should go on top of this or underneath because it's kind of high. Um, my wife, Ann, and I are, it is kind of weird to figure out which way to go, right? Um, my wife, Ann, and I are both elders here, and um, uh, I have uh, 18-year-old daughter, Albany, who's going to college in a couple of weeks in Boston, and uh, that's going to be a great and also a sad event. Um, my daughter, Keste, is 16, and then I have two boys, Ripken is 10 and Yosef is 9. They were here at the morning service, but they're, the kids aren't here tonight. Um, so we have a little bit of a unique vantage point on the story, and, and part of why um, I'm going to tell this part is because I was an elder at Discovery Church, and uh, that was actually where, uh, at the time it was called Status, was started uh, you know, with a lot of support from the staff at Discovery. The leader was um, John Tyson. He's now the lead pastor at Trinity Grace Church in New York City, if you've ever been up there or heard of that church. Um, and they, they launched it as a 20-somethings ministry, and I was an elder at Discovery sometime after it launched, but in the time period where, um, you know, God began doing some really awesome things, and the elders and, and the staff that were working as a part of Status recognized what was happening and uh, began to move it from being a 20-somethings ministry to being an intergenerational community and a part of, you know, still a part of Discovery Church, but intergenerational. And then as that went on for a bit, um, actually, so that one of the first Sundays was intergenerational, I asked the other elders, I said, who's like attending status? It was happening Sunday nights and Discovery had several services and nobody was. And so I was like, well, if we're elders, we should have somebody like seeing what's happening there firsthand. And so uh, we went and we just absolutely fell in love with the community and felt like this was the place in particular that God wanted us to plug in. And so as God continued to move and we sensed like the Lord was, was saying, we should actually plant this as a separate church. Now, if you know a lot about church uh, in, in today's society, unfortunately, uh, many churches view another church as more of a competitor. And so the fact that uh, this group of elders I was with and the staff um, that were a part of leading status would say, we want to be planted, we want to plant this church because we see what God is doing, I think that's incredibly unique and speaks a lot to the character and humility of that group. As a matter of fact, um, we've stayed really close with a lot of the team at Discovery. And even last year, out of the blue, you know, they just sent us a really large check and said, we just want to bless you. And, you know, churches don't do that. They don't, I don't know about you, what your experience is like, but just to say, oh, here's a, here's a check. Um, you know, we didn't tell them we had a need we don't, you know, or anything like that. And so just really grateful for our roots at Discovery and what a blessing that community has been and continues to be to us over the years. Um, but Ann and I knew from the beginning that as this process was happening, we were being called to, to go with, uh, with status and become planted as a church. And as you know, we don't call ourselves status anymore. Um, we call ourselves uh, City Beautiful Church. And uh, I remember the time and the period when we were in that process of launching. We actually made a video to introduce the community to what our new name was going to be. And I want you to see the video tonight because 
it has some really significant things for us to look back and remember about who we were called to be. And hopefully as you watch this, you'll recognize some things uh, that are true of us today and who we still are. So if we could run the video, it'd be awesome. What is a city? If it is not the bricks and pipes and roads that make up its veins, then what is it? Is it the sum of its parts? The roots that run deep and entwine? So that as the same rain falls on us all, we are nourished and grow? Grow to become a beacon, a landmark, steadfast, structured and engineered by the maker to become a city on a hill, but never because of a me, always because of we. What is beautiful? It is personal and a name tag that fits anything in the eye of the beholder. It brings to mind nature, sunrises and the golden sun through trees and tall grass, young couples in love and how the sunset kisses the neck of a loved one. But beauty is more than one dimensional. Beauty asks for a response, so we press in beyond the surface. Beautiful is here and it is real. It is redemption and reconciliation. It is marriages healed and relationships strengthened. It is finding meaning and truth in ashes and rubble. It is spirits emboldened and hearts beating the stone away that once held them captive. It is seeing all things made beautiful in the King's time. Why church? A church is where the body joins. It is a foundation to the great tradition of the person of Jesus Christ. It is the bones and marrow, the tissues and tendons that connect and allow us to move as one. The body is the church. It is who we are, not where we are. As the church, we bring the kingdom of God to earth through our every action and thought. Our identity has been sealed as children of the Most High. As the church, we are beloved and set apart for service. We are City Beautiful Church, not because the name fits, but because we desire to be the City Beautiful Church. We desire to see the kingdom of God at work in the kingdom of Orlando, and so we move forward with grace and hope and faith that we are called here and so we will be here as City Beautiful Church. I love that video. Yeah. Um, so many great concepts, I think, that uh, we, we can remember, uh, but also, I think, recognize today and that are really important. Uh, by the way, our church, um, we, we planted five years ago, and we had a, a period where we kind of had to rent spaces temporarily and move around and stuff. And so um, we've been a f here at this location for how long now? Does anybody remember? year and a half or so? Yeah. And so that's been a really great blessing as well that we've seen God provide a place for us to be. Uh, we, we can use seven days a week and really, really, I think, solidify as a community. Um, but some of the concepts you saw there that I just want to point out, one of them is the idea of uh, never because of a me, but always because of the we. And I think that's one of the concepts this uh, modern generation of church has lost that there's always a, an idea of, well, where am I being fed and where am I getting my needs met? And I think church was actually launched with the focus more on the we and who are we together as a community and um, who, who is God calling us to be. 
And that's a, that for us as a community, it's always been a really important, important concept. And along with that, which I want to expand on this a lot because Landon's going to touch on it, is the idea that we want to be a potluck that encourages people to bring what they have to the table rather than a buffet where people come to consume. Um, you know, buffets are prepared by someone else and they're, they're for you to just come and, a, and, and consume that. And a potluck is totally different. In a potluck situation, nothing is there if you don't participate. Um, and so those have been really important concepts that are connected to us. Um, another one that, uh, that has been part of us, you may not know this, but um, from the beginning, we've set aside 10% of everything that's given to be a blessing to others uh, in the form of benevolence. And that could be someone in our community that can't pay their rent. It could be someone uh, outside the community during the, after the Pulse shootings. There was a family that was in need uh, and, a, and one of the victims that, that, that wasn't part of our community, but we just came alongside this family and uh, during the time of this person's recovery and brought them meals and provided uh, some financial help when they needed it. And so the benevolence from the beginning has been 10% off the top of whatever is given in our community. And the last concept I want to mention uh, real briefly is that our focus has never been there's a group of people back here that are making decisions on what ministry teams we should have, and then we need to go find leaders for those teams. Rather, uh, our, our focus has been saying, what's God putting on your heart? What's he calling you to do? And what do you have a passion for? And how can we help give lift to that? And so we've had ministries like Uncharted, which is a ministry uh, involving uh, creatives in the community, uh, beloved ministry that Shannon and, and the Singletons thought up. You don't, you don't typically walk into a church and hear about beloved ministry and uncharted ministry because they're, they're things that really were birthed out of the heart and passion that God has placed in someone in our community. And again, we feel like our role is to how do we, how do we serve as leaders and give that lift rather than us making all the decisions about what should happen. So um, those are just some, again, some things that from the beginning were part of our DNA and remain a part of who we are. Now, I will say there's things that have changed, of course, right? Uh, as we've grown as a community in five years, there's some things that look really different. Um, but um, Landon's going to talk a little bit about, like, okay, here we are today, and what are some things that we see God doing? In a, and, and as Greg mentioned, um, he's, they're going to tell some stories that are specific to our community. So, Yeah, so as we kind of see the timeline of where we've come from and uh, kind of where we are now and ask that question, how do these principles express themselves in our church now? And I'm very involved with our worship ministry and this idea of the potluck that Paul mentioned, this idea of um, us coming as contributors and not just as consumers is really important to us. And as many of you who come here often know, we have and have always had several worship leaders at a time that rotate week to week. It is very rare that you will see the same worship leader two weeks in a row. And that's a decision that's very intentional for us. We feel and believe very strongly that the diversity that comes, um, that comes with that approach is really valuable for us as a church and really valuable for the kingdom as a whole. And as a leader, I can tell you it's not the easiest way to do things, um, but I think doing the extra work to cultivate unity in a group of people who have differences and have um, different backgrounds and perspectives and passions is really, really valuable and important. And, you know, we have worship leaders who, 
to feel a real strong call and passion for um, us expressing and experiencing honesty and vulnerability in worship. Um, and so they'll choose songs and choose direction that allows them to kind of walk in that gift to pastor us kind of through some of those things. Then you have other worship leaders on kind of different point in the spectrum that feel very passionately about declaring victory and about calling us into um, the, the likeness of Jesus and, this, and to walk into what it means to see victory in our lives and what it means to proclaim that over ourselves and over each other. And so as you, you see each of these leaders kind of fill a different place, I think you get a more holistic view of Jesus. You get a more holistic view of the kingdom and of what church is supposed to look like. And so as we see that in worship and we see that in our other ministries, that's really our desire for our community as well. Um, as Paul said, we, we don't say, oh, we could really use this ministry. Let's go find someone who will lead that. But we all often have conversations where someone will come to us and say, hey, why doesn't this thing exist? Why doesn't this ministry exist? Or why hasn't this happened yet? And the best response for us usually is because you haven't started it yet. And we feel really passionately that as elders, we're not here to administer our vision and culture for the church down to everyone else, but that we want to function as a supporting role in this community. That as, as all of you have visions and passions and different calls in your life, that you can come forward with those things and we can help coordinate the resources that we have to see those things come to life. And so for us as elders, we want this, if you are not aware or haven't been aware that this is a very serious um, thing to us and a very foundational belief and principle here, uh, we want this to kind of be an open call to you that we want to say that you have the permission and invitation to um, make a mark on this church. Um, we all get to decide what the culture of this church is what it looks like, what it sounds like, and what it looks like internally, what our outreach looks like to the city. And um, so if you have those things, if you have that desire, if you have the perspective to recognize areas that are missing or things that you think would be valuable that, that you want to contribute, we really encourage you to bring those things forward. And we want, we want to see more of those things. And I think that's a really beautiful way that this church um, can make a real impact on the city and to make a real impact for Jesus. Um, I like to think of church kind of as the original crowdfunding platform. So if you're familiar with, you know, platforms like Kickstarter, it's this idea that if we all invest on the front end in a vision, if we all invest in something that we believe in together, we can, by doing that act, by putting forth that, that effort and that um, expression of belief, we actually make it possible to create that thing. And so for us as a church, we feel that that's kind of how the economy of the church has been established from the very beginning is that we know that we are more than the sum of our parts and that if we come together and we contribute what we have and we put forth um, our presence and our effort and our individuality into the pot, that what comes out of that is something that we never could have accomplished by ourselves. So, um, so that's a little bit of kind of where we are now, and we're going to zoom in a little more into some specific stories. Yes, specific. Annie and I are going to do that. And um, I was just going to share um, something that sort of came to me this morning that wasn't really something we were going to share, but, you know, 
because there's specific things that were launched this summer that we want to talk about. Annie has a sweet story of something that came out of that. But for me, it, it was a few weeks ago, I was sitting right over there, and it was a regular Sunday night service, and we were worshiping. It was wonderful, and I, I just sort of looked up, and I noticed that Dom, I think, was playing drums for the first time, and I think Megan was someone that was doing worship for the first time, and Ricardo back there, I think he's back there right now, was doing sound or something with one hand and worshiping with the other hand, and I looked down, and my seven-year-old was singing every song to whatever song was on, and I was just so filled up. It's like, to me, that's what is happening, um, and so I don't know, I just think sometimes it's easy to miss what's going on right in front of our eyes, and for me, it was just sort of one of those, wow, if there's nothing else, this is enough for me. So anyway, I just thought I'd share that. It was so wonderful. But so Uncharted and um, Beloved, I know we've kind of taken a, a summer off, but we have launched a couple things this summer that have been really exciting. I touched base with Mark Jackson earlier this week. Um, so we launched a discipleship uh, program this summer. I think we have nine groups, about 45 people participated, which is awesome. Um, the feedback I've heard that, that Mark sort of told me about was that uh, a lot of really deep discussions, um, things people are asking questions and talking about things they may not have talked about before, which is really cool. I talked to um, Daniel Barr not too long ago, and I asked him how his group was going, and his, uh, Nathan Smith, I think, is the mentor in that group, and he said, you know, I was out of town, and I missed a week, and so I just, I called Nathan, and I said, can I just come over and just be at your house for a while? And I thought, you know, that's really the essence of what this is. It's being around other people, being able to ask questions that you may not have had someone to ask. And so uh, that's been a really, really cool thing. So I get to share about our marrieds. And actually, they've been talking a lot about how things grow out of usually something organic. But um, our marrieds was a little bit of a challenge for us at a meeting we had maybe three or four months ago. Cole just said, our married couples need something. And I just want to challenge you with that. And you just kind of put that out on the table. And um, Greg and I really prayed about it and thought about it and just decided to take that up and try to create something for our couples to come together and to support one another. And I can just testify that that has been such a blessing, an amazing blessing. Um, we're meeting at least twice a month and trying to just create relationships and learn more about how to do it well. And um, we met, I guess, our last meeting here at the church. I was going to share a story. I think Charity and Paul are somewhere there, right there. I asked permission to tell the story. <laughs> um, but we had met and we were asking questions of one another as couples and we were answering those questions and then we were discussing them amongst us. And it was just like, it was so edifying to be with one another and ask these kind of questions in the environment that was just safe. And um, Charity said the next Sunday that she and Paul went um, on a date and Paul came with questions for her, which I was like, oh, Paul. Everybody give Paul a big round of applause for the, uh, <laughs> the awesome husband award. Um, but what was so encouraging to me about that when Charity shared that was just her excitement in that and that what can grow when we do community together and specifically that that ministry that we were um, trying to launch and trying to create, that's exactly why we were doing it. Um, and so that's just been so encouraging. Um, I just want to say from my perspective, you know, we've been elders for um, not very long really and um, 
just really learning about the culture here and, and who we are and where we've come from. And I love this church. I love City Beautiful Church. I love the people here. I'm so proud to be a part of you. Um, and I watched that video and it, it chokes me up because I see sort of from a different perspective just um, the wonderful things that we set out to do are actually happening. You know, a lot of those things that were said in those, that video is what drew Greg and I here. And I'm excited about our next chapters. You know, we're at a five-year mark, and like Paul said, a lot of things have changed, and um, maybe some things are different than we thought when we set out. But I think right now, is it's a new time. It's, it's a new time for dreaming and to see what our next steps are, and wow, five years. I mean, I don't know if any of any young couples have been married five years, but that feels like we did something. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's just exciting. I just wanted to share that with you, because as elders, that's really where our heart is now. It's really seeing and just evaluating where we are and just thinking we're excited about our next steps together. So, Awesome. So it's your turn to ask us any questions you might have. Um, okay. Let's see. Bueller? Anybody? I, very informal. You can just... Very informal. Blurt it out. Raise your hand. You don't even have to use a microphone. Yes, Lisa. Yep, Lisa. She asked, first she said thank you for acknowledging our history, kind of taking us through that, and then asked what is something that we are most hopeful for in the future. I think we, as Paul said, you know, there was a kind of phase of our little season in our church when we left, kind of went out from under the umbrella of discovery, and we kind of had like a nomad <laughs> period where we hopped to several different venues over the course of a year or so, and I think now that we have this building and we're starting to ask more of these questions, okay, like who are we and w what are we gonna do about it? Um, I think we're, we're positioned really well to m kind of make some of those choices, and those of you who know me, I, as much as anyone else, love a great theological or political debate or conversation. But I think we're coming to this point where regardless of our perspectives or opinions or backgrounds, we have an opportunity to decide what we're gonna do about it. And whether or not we see eye to eye on everything, we have this beautiful chance in the church to say, okay, what can we agree to do? And I think the next season for us as City Beautiful Church, um, I'm hopeful that it will, it will have the expression of who we are, not just the conversation and the definition, but um, to see some examples of us acting that out, both internally in the way that we minister to one another, but also when we step outside of this church, the impact that we make on the city. I'm just, yeah, let's go here. I'll just say real quick, I'm just excited. I see a lot of new faces often, and I'm so excited for new people to experience this. Um, so that's what I'm excited for, people that are, feel like they just want to be committed. Cause I, you know, Annie and I left Ohio together when we got married 25 years ago, and we came here and knew nobody. And really, church is one of those things where you can either say yes, or really you can say no and not go. And we, part of it was our upbringing, but we knew that that was going to be our source of community. 
And I'm just looking forward to seeing more people just saying yes and jumping in to that type of thing. So, yes. Yeah, so the I think the question was basically, um, were there times, looking back over the last five years or so, were there times when our growth, either as a church or as individuals, was challenged? Um, I think there's a lot. Uh, the first thing I'll say is mobile church is really hard, y'all. <laughs> like, mobile church is tough. Um, and not only were we mobile church, like, meeting in a location that we could only be on Sunday nights, but we had times when we would be in different venues from week to week, and um, that was exhausting. Uh, not just on the people who served so selflessly, but even just, you know, trying to make sure people knew where we were going to be the next week um, was, was really difficult. Um, so that's one thing I'll mention. Uh, the second thing is, um, you know, I'll just, I'll be really honest and tell you that for me, there are people that we started out this journey with that for whatever reason, some of them, you know, some of my friends moved to Nashville because their job took them there or something. It's not like, you know, there was always like some big divide or something, but it's really hard to like link arms with someone in this way and then see them, you know, God either takes them a different direction or whatever. And there's been times when I've thought, gosh, I was really excited about doing that with these people and some of these people aren't here. And that's really hard. It's been very challenging for me. Um, and so I've got to stay focused on what God's calling me and us to do here today and be present with that and not be tempted to look back and wish that it was something I thought it was supposed to be or should have been. Well, what I want to say to that well, is something. Question, oh, okay, sorry. The question was, I have to say it the way he said it. Um, <laughs> Someone say the question. Basically, five, five years in, yeah. um, kind of hopefully being connected with the heartbeat, maybe in a little different way. I don't know if we're more connected than anybody in the community, but maybe in a little different way as most of the community. What are one of the obstacles or some of the obstacles that you might see for us really moving forward? Did I get that right, Mark? Yeah. Yeah, to press into. Well, that's what, that what triggered something I wanted to share is that um, recently, as elders, we've been able to participate more in leadership meetings and be kind of be a little bit more in touch with people who are actually doing um, and are in leadership positions. And I just want to say the people who we have in, um, in so many of our areas that are serving are like, they're just amazing people. And I've heard, I've heard lately a couple people have said something sort of to the effect of like strengthening the core of who we are as a community. Um, and I would say that that is actually happening. So for me, thinking about challenges that we have going forward is like, is sort of like not the focus. And I think just sort of even as we've spoken together as elders is just more the focus of like, look what we have <laughs> and what is our next step and how exciting is that? Um, and instead of focusing um, sort of backwards and thinking what challenges do we have to move forward, sort of looking at what is and what is right now is you guys. And that's such a beautiful thing. And it's very um, encouraging as we've gotten the heartbeat of the people who are, are in charge of groups and in charge of leading people in our community. I, I just see such wonderful things coming out of that. Does anyone else? Well, I, I think... A, a real specific thing, Mark, is I, I think that we need to do a better job of, of letting people know we're here. Um, it's not a real great location for, you know, not too many people are going to drive by this building and say, hey, I want to try that church out next Sunday. 
Um, so we've been talking a little bit about that. Um, you know, our, it takes a while to get into a building and get the rhythm of that. But, you know, I think we're going, people are going to be using this building for weddings and some different things like that as well, which I think will help, you know, people know that we're here. But I think that's something specifically that I think that we've been talking more and more about. So anything else or? Yes. That's why we put Mark Jackson in charge of that. Let me, <laughs> let me redo the question, repeat a question. Yeah. Um, she just said in reflection of the fact that we did the discipleship um, series and then moving forward from that, when that comes to a close at the end of summer, how do we continue in relationship? Um, and that was actually specifically a reason why we have someone overseeing that, like Mark, um, who that's really important to. And I foresee him checking in and making sure that we're looking at um, taking steps forward and seeing the reflection of our leaders and in those groups what we need to do next. I don't think the next steps are designed at this moment, but I think that those will be known um, rather quickly once we finish. Yeah, and one thing I want to say, this actually relates to several of the questions that have been asked tonight is that I think as a community, one of the things that we do really well is sort of, I would call it the, um, the non-intense relationship part, meaning let's go hang out together. Landon Allison, a couple of nights ago, were like, hey, called me up, wait, what are you doing? And I was like, just hanging out, like, we're coming by, you know, like that kind of like informal stuff, I think a lot of times we can do really well. But the, uh, and you know, be a part of a small group for a short season, but sort of the the long-term kind of focus and devotion to be in a discipleship relationship with a, a small group of individuals and um, even honestly serving together on a ministry team, whether it's local, global, or engagement, I would love to see, and we're praying about how do we, how do we really see everybody in the community kind of take that, that, up, a notch, that le- up a notch, that level of intentionality and, and just devotion to one another. And I think... Um, I'm, I'm excited to see that happen, and I think that's some of the steps that we're talking about, seeing what God's, how God will lead us in that. So, Awesome. So I, we'd like to move into a, just a time of prayer, um, kind of in a sort of a community setting where if you could just get with um, two or three people around you. Sometimes it's really nice to pray with someone you, you don't know or you've never prayed with. Um, but really, there's just one basic prompt for our prayer, and that is really... I mean, I hope you sense our heart um, of where we're going and at least what we're excited about. And and we want to bring all that to the Lord. We want to be people that are listening to the Lord. We want to be able to hear him and go in the direction that he wants. So I think that comes through a spirit of humbleness and surrender. And so that's what I would ask for you in groups to pray for. Listen to the spirit as you're praying and, and pray over the things that he has you um, that he, you know, pricks your spirit about uh, for our leaders, uh, for Cole and, and teaching and, and for Ryan. Um, so let's do that. Let's gather up in, in groups and then Cole will lead us into worship. <laughs>